<clears throat> this is April 27th, 2023, and uh, I'd like to weigh in this morning on the incident with the Dalai Lama and the boy um, that happened um, this past winter, February, I think. Uh, so I feel compelled to do this because uh, the incident has been broadcast so widely. In fact, uh, here where uh, we're living now, uh, even non-Sangha friends of ours, non, definitely non-Buddhists, have uh, raised it gingerly, uh, asking uh, what, what that's all about. And uh, there's much more to it than than meets the eye as far as what has widely been reported. So here's the deal. <clears throat> For those of you who don't haven't heard or you need a refresher, in uh, February 28th, uh, there was a video released of, a, a, of an interaction between the Dalai Lama and an Indian boy. Uh, leaving many of the 6.7 million Tibetans across the world in distress and shock over the way their language and culture were misinterpreted. Uh, the, the video, which went viral, uh, shows the Dalai Lama asking a kid to supposedly, in the in the uh, widely disseminated um, words to asking a kid to suck his tongue. And uh, this led to public outrage and, and uh, led to hundreds of Tibetans coming out and telling the world it's not what it sounds like. So in the video I watched, it's about a five minute video, maybe less. Um, I watched it a couple of times. Uh, the boy, <coughs> The boy is seen asking the Dalai Lama for a hug. Uh, and after that, the, the Dalai Lama blessed him and asked him to kiss him. And, and then the Dalai Lama stuck out his tongue saying, suck my tongue. And this led to uh, people across the world uh, blaming the Dalai Lama for behaving inappropriately and even being a pedophile. People are uh, across the world every day are just itching to find things to be outraged about uh, online. So the, um, uh, this, I'm, I'm, some of this I'm reading from Vice World News. Uh, the, the meaning of this expression, which the Dalai Lama uh, kind of bungled in his broken English, uh, the meaning of it is used to tease and teach children and that it's completely lost in cultural interpretation and its English translation. The correct phrase in Tibetan for this little teasing, joking thing is che le sa, uh, which roughly translates to eat my tongue. Uh, the Dalai Lama didn't 
learn English, they say, until he turned 48. He didn't start. He still hasn't learned it. He's, he's quite limited, but uh, he didn't start learning it until he was 48. So uh, it's not by no means the first time that he would have um, misused the English language. Here's more about this Tibetan phrase, Chele Sa. And I'm reading from uh, the Tibetan Rights Act uh, news or something like that. In Tibetan culture, it is common to see the old grandparents not only give a pop kiss to the small children, but also give a small candy or piece of food to children from their mouths, directly mouth to mouth. This may not be the norm of your culture, but this is commonly done in Tibet. After the elder gives a pop kiss and a candy, and there's nothing left in their mouth, nothing left to give, they will say the phrase, okay, now eat my tongue, not suck as his holiness misspoke due to his less proficient English. So the Tibetan phrase is che le sa. They say that as in, I've given you all my love and the candy, so that's it. That's all I have left to, all I have to do is, all that's left to do is eat my tongue. Okay, so that's the linguistic part of all this. Now, there's another aspect to this that's, that is <coughs> where um, a certain uh, U.S.-based Tibetan journalist told Vice World News that in Tibetan culture, sticking out the tongue is a sign of respect or agreement. And it dates back to a legend around a cruel ninth century king who had a black tongue. And the same uh, Tibetan based, uh, US based Tibetan journalist said, uh, since then people have shown their tongue as a way of saying that they are not like this uh, evil king. It's a sign of blessing, this journalist said. When a kid wants to hug an elder, elderly man, the old man complies and then gives a kiss as a grandfather or a father would and plays with the kid. Here's more on this. This is a, a, a Tibetan feminist educator in India by the name of Kesang. She goes by one name, just Kesang. Uh, Kesang told Vice World News that suck my tongue in Tibetan is also a game for the elders to deter cheeky kids from pestering them. The word suck in the Tibetan language is zhip, and this is not a word that is sexualized in our culture, she said. I guess we've established that it, what, suck is not correct. It's eat, eat my tongue, and that it's not sexualized. And uh, this kesang, uh, works on the prevention of child sexual abuse in the Tibetan and Himalayan communities and said that it's distressing to see an innocent expression in their culture being equated with an act of pedophilia. 
uh, it reads in this article that, uh, that Vice World News did not get a response from the child's family um, who run this uh, certain foundation, M3M Foundation, that organized this uh, February meet and greet in Dharamsala. Uh, Dharamsala is the, uh, the seat of the Dalai Lama's government in exile. Uh, but in an interview clip released by Voice of Tibet, a Dharamsala-based media outlet that live streamed the event too, when the reporter asks the boy how it feels to be hugged by the Dalai Lama, he said it was an amazing experience meeting the Dalai Lama and that he experienced high positive energy from the interaction. Uh, so let me uh, paint more of a picture of what happened there as, as far as the very brief uh, video clip that I saw. Uh, there are a lot of people in the room. The Dalai Lama is um, sitting on some kind of a dais um, and he has uh, maybe eight or ten people up there with him, um, most of them men. And uh, and then for just, just for a moment, the camera uh, turns to the the audience. The audience are well. It's a very tight frame, but all, all that showed in this one segment of the audience were uh, school children, children from some kind of an academy. They had the uh, mortar boards on their heads, so it was some kind, maybe some kind of a little graduation thing at the academy and uh, and it shows the the boy uh, it starts the video starts with the boy standing at a microphone there before the Dalai Lama uh, and his uh, exquisite uh, little boy posture just like little girl posture where um, completely straight shoulders dropped um, and saying in the in the in the to the microphone saying, "Can I give you a hug?" And this left the the Dalai Lama confused. He didn't understand the expression "give you a hug." And so, uh, some uh, twenty or thirty seconds goes by where the the people closest to him, uh, on his left and his right, are muttering, uh, I guess, and maybe in Tibetan. Um, telling the Dalai Lama what the boy asked, can I give you a hug? And then as soon as the penny dropped and the Dalai Lama got it, he said, yes, come on, come up here. And uh, everyone laughed, oh, it was all good fun. And then uh, the kid bounded up to the, to the dais, up to the Dalai Lama and, and gave him a hug. The Dalai Lama uh, put one arm around the kid, pulled him in, close to his shoulder and then uh, the kid still standing there straight uh, they they sort of separate for a minute and the Dalai Lama they're quite close the heads are quite close uh, and then that's when the Dalai Lama said uh, now suck my tongue eat my tongue and uh, and he pulled the, 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 the kid is Indian 
So um, whether he knew about this Tibetan phrase, I don't know, but he's on board and uh, Dalai Lama pulls him in close, his head, and they touch, first they touch foreheads. That's, uh, that's something that uh, is also very common in Tibet. I actually, when I was there uh, for a uh, five-day conference with the Dalai Lama some 30 years ago at his, at his, uh, at his palace there, uh, he he did that with me, forehead to forehead, as he did with the other uh, 20 or so participants, Western Buddhist teachers. Um, and then then with this in this video, uh, the Dalai Lama, um, let's see, what did he do? Then he stuck out his tongue. Remember, that's the gesture of goodwill. Uh, and uh, and then and then there was a pause and then he said, uh, now suck my tongue. And uh, the boy very, very slowly came in. Uh, and uh, I actually think he, his, the boy's tongue never touched the Dalai Lama's tongue. Dalai Lama pretty much waited for the boy to come to him. And then there was just uh, general laughter. And, uh, and that was it. Um, There was, a, there was a little more where the boy sort of turned to leave and, and uh, the Dalai Lama sort of pulled him back and, and they hugged again. Um, but uh, there's another important aspect to all this, which is China. Uh, and I'll read again from this article in Vice World News. Uh, a certain Tibetan filmmaker and music composer told Vice World News that there are, are immense geopolitical repercussions of the misinterpretation of that video. And he said, everybody knows China is behind this without giving any evidence that China was involved. Um, it goes on to say that at a press conference on Thursday in Delhi, uh, Penpa Tsering, a political leader of the exiled Tibetan government, said their investigations showed pro-Chinese sources being involved in making the video go viral. The political angle of this incident cannot be ignored, he said. Tibetan human rights groups have previously documented online campaigns aiming to discredit the Dalai Lama and paint occupied Tibet as a, quote, contented and idyllic Chinese province. And it goes on to, the article goes on to say the most prominent campaign is called the 50 Cent Party. Uh, and these are internet commentators who are paid Wu Mao or 50, 50 cents in the United States by Chinese authorities to post pro-China messaging. In 2020, this army was linked to 7,000 troll attacks and over 50,000 comments at a Geneva forum run by the Tibetan parliament in exile. The, uh, the session was on the persecution of religious minorities, Tibetan Buddhists, Uyghur, Muslims, Christians, and Falun Gong practitioners 
in regions under Chinese control. In his YouTube video, uh, so-and-so linked the virality to a significant development last month. And uh, excuse me, this article is dated April 14th. Yeah, this is when I came across it quite recently, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and so this it was, this incident, how, how it went viral uh, last month, uh, is linked to the Dalai Lama naming a Mongolia-born American boy as the third highest spiritual leader in Tibetan Buddhism. Now, China has consistently asserted its role in choosing the next Dalai Lama, if you can believe that. It's outrageous. And to have this position enshrined in Chinese law. Uh, the ceremony, the ceremony which the Dalai Lama named a Mongolian-born American boy as the third highest spiritual leader in Tibet, uh, shook them to speculate that the now-retired Dalai Lama st still continues to remain a political religious force to reckon with across Buddhist nations, including Tibet. The video surfaced literally a week after this ceremony with the Mongolian boy. The timing was, once again, like clockwork to sway the public's opinion about Tibet and His Holiness. His Holiness is the is how uh, Tibetan Buddhists uh, all over the world uh, how typically refer to the Dalai Lama. We say the Dalai Lama, it's hard for me to, to say the phrase His Holiness. Um, when in Zen, uh, we know that uh, there was this, this, this encounter back in the sixth century between the emperor of China and Bodhidharma, the founder of Zen, where uh, the, uh, the emperor asked Bodhidharma, what is the first principle, or rather the essence of the holy teaching? And to which Bodhidharma famously replied, uh, vast emptiness and nothing to be called holy. To which the uh, the emperor, having in his mind seeing Bodhidharma as holy, he said, "Well, then who is standing before me?" To which Bodhidharma, even more famously, replied, "I don't know." So nothing holy. And then this, this uh, fellow uh, said that the, what he called horrifying accusations by trolls, media, and influencers are clearly led and paid for by China. China has successfully weaponized social media at an unprecedented scale, he said. The most successful propaganda is the one that doesn't pose as such. I have absolutely no doubt that China China had a hand in this. His fingerprints are all over it. China has been trying to get rid of the Dalai Lama ever since he fled China in uh, 1951. Uh, he is a, 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 a thorn in their side because as long as he is alive, 
he represents the independence as as the government the leader of the government in exile uh, tibet in india um, he is the living embodiment of the tibetan people and their independence probably most of you know that uh, after china took over tibet in 1951 they have uh, in those 70 some years they have done everything they can to subjugate the tibetan people to um, to incorporate to try to incorporate tibet into china and uh, i don't know i haven't been tracking it for quite a few years i know at one point uh, they resorted to um, interbreeding where they found a way to compel uh, tibetans to a mate with Chinese as a way of uh, just diluting the whole Tibetan culture. It's, it's, um, it's pretty ghastly what they've been doing. So aside from uh, China's role in this, most likely his prop, his probable role in this. Uh, let's, let's, let me just say what, what I can weigh in on, uh, uh, the likelihood that there is anything, uh, anything, um, seriously inappropriate about what the Dalai Lama did. Uh, a few things. He's, he's famous. He has been his whole adult life for being playful. Um, here's another thing. As I said, it was a room full of people. This was obviously nothing underhanded here. Uh, his, I mentioned his broken English with the word suck instead of the uh, proper word to eat my tongue. And most of all, he is, as most of the world will attest, He's someone of just absolutely sterling moral character and reputation. He's a true monk. He's, uh, he took vows of lifelong celibacy, and uh, I've never heard that those are ever broken. On the other hand, he's 87. Men tend to get disinhibited at that age, in their 80s or even 70s, and can say things or do things that they wouldn't have earlier. And uh, now with the, <laughs> with the advantage of, of hindsight, um, or Monday morning quarterbacking, I think it's fair to say that the Dalai Lama, if you see the video, the Dalai Lama was not perfectly faultless in this encounter. And then this is all I mean, is that he, he if you see him bringing the boy back in after the thing with a tongue, and the boy seemed, he seemed finished. The boy was starting to turn away, and the Dalai Lama pulled him in again, and uh, against his shoulder, and, uh, and, and, held him still for quite a while, like 10 seconds or so. The boy seemed okay from what the camera showed. He, 
he just held him there. And um, um, my impression, right or wrong, my impression is that the uh, Dalai Lama may have been a little clingy. Uh, and that too, I can, I can kind of understand. I mean, he's looking at this beautiful, beautiful child, as all children are, uh, the children is just looking straight into his face, just inches from his face, wide-eyed, innocent, as all children are. Uh, how old was the boy? Maybe seven? I don't know. I'm bad at guessing ages. But uh, I can, I mean, imagine coming out of a Sashin, those of you who've been to seven-day Sashins and looking at a child, it's, it's, it's sublime. And... Uh, Especially, and here I'm, I'm going to cut him some slack here, he's, he's been carrying the weight of the whole Tibetan nation, the whole Tibetan culture on his shoulders for 70-some years now. And to have a, a little interlude there where this beautiful boy uh, is just simply asking for a hug and just standing there, no agenda, um, you know, all his magnificent simplicity, this child. And... Uh, I can understand why the Dalai Lama was kind of enthralled to the boy. And I'm sure not for the first time, Dalai Lama loves children. But uh, yeah, I, I do wonder whether there was, uh, on the Dalai Lama's part, there was a, a little bit of a lack of a sense of the fitness of things, as Roshi Kaplow, as a phrase I picked up from Roshi Kaplow, lack of a sense of the fitness of things. Um, that he may not have been picking up on the boy's, uh, where the boy was at. The boy seemed finished before the Dalai Lama was finished. Uh, the boy seemed ready to go back to his seat. There was no coercion. Uh, it just seemed a little, little clingy there. So there, that's, that's, all, that's all I have uh, to quarrel with about, to pick at with uh, the Dalai Lama's behavior, I think, though, on the whole, um, I would defend him uh, every day of the year as to as to what happened there. He did issue an apology. We're told uh, someone here asked, "Well, why? Well, if he's was so innocent, if it was all just this linguistic mix-up and and so forth, then why did he apologize?" Well, uh, I think one thing that we've learned in seeing uh, politicians get into dust-ups here or there is the fastest way to get beyond it and have people stop chewing on it is to apologize. You know, when in doubt, apologize. You see this all the time in, in international relations and in government. Um, and I think it's a smart thing to do. Uh, he may have been, he, who knows, maybe the Dalai Lama uh, later Felt, yeah, I mean, with, with his level of self-awareness, which is off the charts, surely. I've once heard the Dalai Lama does, he starts each day with six hours of meditation. That's a lot of self-awareness. So, uh, so who knows? I'm just speculating here, of course. Maybe he did uh, later think, yeah, I was a, I was a little clingy there. And uh, anyway, he just wanted to put it behind him. He's a, he's a, he's a consummate diplomat, the Dalai Lama. 
He's a world leader. He knows how these things go. And I can easily see him either on his own or at the urging of his advisors. Just, just apologize and let's move on. But I think there's a bigger, bigger thing here, bigger Dharma point uh, that I would like to make, which is um, that in going back to the Dalai, the Dalai Lama's age and uh, tendency among men to get disinhibited, um, that there's no fixed person there. This is this is the Dharma. This is the essence of the Dharma. That that. Uh, the Dalai Lama on a Tuesday is not the same Dalai Lama as on a Monday. This is the teaching of no self. This is what Bodhidharma meant when he said, uh, vast emptiness and nothing to be called holy. The Dalai Lama himself has many times said, I'm just a simple monk. And uh, he allows the, the, the this term this term uh, his holiness because that's the tradition that's been going on for centuries and I can understand that but uh, from all of my contact with the Dalai Lama directly or indirectly uh, I would very strongly assume that he knows there's no self there and um, and so yeah. Uh, Let's not put him in a box. Let's not think that there's, there's any substance there. There's no little man in there. It's unchanging from year to year. And uh, I think that's what we can take from this, is that to the small degree that what he did was a little inadvisable, the way he uh, held the boy uh, two or three times. Um, let's Let's see that as just further evidence of the Dharma. There's no unchanging person there. As there is nowhere with us. We so, we're so eager to, or, or habituated, that's a much better, we're so habituated to uh, fixing people, ourselves, of course, but also those close to us and politicians and others uh, as unchanging. And that is relatively true. I mean, we don't change drastically from week to week, but the truth is that we're never uh, the same, completely, exactly the same <clears throat> uh, from, from day to day. This phrase from uh, one of the koans in the Blue Cliff record uh, springs to mind. Um, no holy one to be seen in the Emerald Palace. Or the Dalai Lama's palace. We don't need to make him holy. He's, he's equally endowed with this true self that is no self. Same as us. We, have, we are no less so than he. He's no more so than we. He's no little person in any of us. It's unchanging. All right, well, thanks for listening. And um, 
carry on.